Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. I've entitled this little talk tonight, Lean Into It. Lean Into It. Turn to your neighbor and say, Lean Into It. Come on, say it a little louder. Lean Into It. You can ask your neighbor, Lean Into What? I'm glad you asked. Thanks for cooperating. We're going we're gonna to talk about tonight what it means to lean into it. I want to I talk about a verse that if you grew up around church, if you grew up in church, this is a verse that you have probably heard a million times, million times. Even if you haven't grown up around church, maybe you've seen this verse in places. I, I want to read it to you first in a translation you've probably never heard before, and then we'll read it in a translation that you'll recognize. But Proverbs 3.5 says in the Passion Translation, Trust in the Lord completely. Say completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Say every decision. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. That's amazing. If you're here tonight and you're like, man, I wonder if God really cares about what's going on in my life. Could we could just end the message right here and let me tell you something right now. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you in every decision. That he wants to be intimately involved in your life in every way. And if you could acknowledge him and if you could turn to him and if you could communicate with him that he is willing to help you with every decision. That he wants to show you where to go, when to go. That he wants to be involved in your life. Anybody think that that is an incredible promise? Anyone find comfort and security in the fact that the spirit of the living God, the spirit that raised Jesus back to life, who lives inside of you, wants to guide you in every decision that you can make. When life could be overwhelming, when life could be scary, when life could be daunting, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you wanting to communicate with you, wanting to guide you. It's incredible. The same verse in a, in a translation that you would probably recognize reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not lean on your own understanding. I love the, the imagery that we find in this verse of not leaning on your own understanding or like this first translation that we read, not relying on your own opinions. That sounds amazing and that feels impossible to do. I, I, I love this, this picture that you get of not leaning because when, when, you, when you lean on something, you put weight on it. When you, when you lean on something, you are resting on it. When you lean on something, you are getting support from it. And so Solomon is saying, you have to resist the urge of always retreating to and relying on and supporting your life by your understanding of the situation, by your understanding of reality. And the reason why you shouldn't lean on that is because now that you are a son and daughter of God and you have this Holy Spirit living inside of you who wants to guide you, he is not held to what you know of your reality. He's not confined to the situation as you see it. So as a son and daughter of God, resist the urge to put your weight on what you know to be true and believe that the one who is true lives inside of you and wants to lead you and guide you in every step that you take. 
when you enter into relationship with God, there should be a weight shift. There should be this, this realization, this acknowledgement that even though I naturally want to lean this way, I need to resist the urge and make the choice to put my weight behind what God is asking me to do, what God is calling me to do, what I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is the direction that he's, he's leading me. We need to make the decision to transfer weight, to let our lives back up our faith and not just what we tend to see. We need to learn to leverage our life. Now, again, this is, this is something nice to talk about, and this is something that when we're in an environment like this and we just came out of worship and, and maybe you're feeling a certain way right now, you're like, man, that is awesome. And then you're going to leave here and you're immediately going to be tempted to go back to what you know. You're immediately going to be tempted to put your weight behind what you see, what you've experienced, what you heard that person say, what you saw that person do, how you were treated. The reason why it's easy to go back to those things is because those things are factual. I, I have heard those things. I have seen those things. I have experienced those things. And so to, to, to give you a visual, it's so easy to always come back to what I know to be true. Because this is, this is not an idea. This is not something that's beyond my sight. This is something that I can see. This is something I've experienced. This is something that I felt. And so it's just too easy to get to the point where I can rely on what I know to be true. But as a, a son and daughter of God, we're, we're equipped with faith. We're, we're equipped with this idea that I, I don't have to be a captive or a slave to what I know to be true because I believe that God is true and I believe that he goes beyond what I can see. The issue is even if you have this tool, even if you have faith, you know that you're equipped with faith. You know that you, you read these promises and, and, and you do believe that they're true and, and, and they're for you. I think so many times as believers, when we're trying to allow faith to break through our reality, to break through our situation, we say we believe it. And we may take hold of it to a certain degree, but if my weight is still resting on my reality and I'm just trying to get my faith to meet it, I don't know if you've ever had any experience with a drill. If there's no weight behind the drill, the drill's just going to spin. You're not going to make any progress. If you ever tried to, to, to drill into something, you know that there has to be weight behind the drill. If you're in an awkward situation, you can't get any weight behind it, what, what will happen is that drill bit, it, it'll be revving out and it'll be spinning, but it's going to spin in place. When, when there's no weight behind it, there's going to be a ton of friction and no traction. That drill bit is never going to bite into the wood or bite into the metal or whatever you're trying to drill in unless there's some weight behind it. And what happens is, is when there's a ton of friction and no traction, what happens to the bit? It gets hot, it burns out, and it dulls out. Do you know what happens to the believer who halfway accepts that, yeah, we have faith, and I know that faith could apply to my reality, but I never put my weight behind my faith. I just rest on what I know to be true, and then I try to, like, I try to have faith apply to it. You burn out. There's a lot of friction. There's a rub. There's frustration. Just like when there's friction and no traction that leads to a dull bit, if your faith is one of words and no action, that leads to a dull Christian. That leads to a complacent Christian. And so this, this, this word picture of don't lean on your own understanding. Don't put your weight on what you know to be true. 
believe that with this tool of faith and, and with this promise of this Holy Spirit living inside of you, that if I can take my weight off of my situation, off of what I've seen and what I've experienced, and I can actually apply my faith to the weight, and I could put, I could put weight behind my faith, then all of a sudden I'm going to start to experience breakthrough. Then all of a sudden I'm going to start to make an impact in my situation. But too many times we get frustrated as if it's God not coming through when in reality, we just need to check where our weight is. I spend a lot of time saying what I believe, but I don't spend any action showing you, no, I do believe that this is going to happen. Solomon is saying, don't lean, don't put your weight on your understanding. Lean into what you believe that God wants to do. Leverage your weight. Leverage your life in a way where you say, God, I believe you're going to do this, and so I'm going to put my weight behind what I believe you're going to do, not just what I've seen happen to me. There's about 10 million Bible characters that I could have picked to illustrate this. There's so many different people in the Bible who, who went through a journey of, of learning to lean into it. And these aren't superheroes. These are normal men and women just like you and me. Men and women who are open to what God wanted to do. Men and women who went on a journey and God matured, and God used, and God developed. One that I'd like to key in on, because I think most of the people in the crowd have heard this character before, is Moses. Maybe you've never read the book of Exodus, but you've seen The Prince of Egypt. Awesome movie. Good music. Oldie but a goodie. Moses, it, it, I, I feel like, illustrates this so well. So well. If, you, if you've never read the book of Exodus, you should. It's, it's crazy. It's better than the movie. You see this story that God's people have been in captivity for over 400 years. That they've been mistreated, they've been abused, they've been taken advantage of, they've been killed off, they've been just, it's disgusting what has happened to God's people. And, and for over 400 years, these people are crying out for deliverance and, and, and asking God to, to, to do something to save them from this current situation. And God gets to the time where he's ready to do it. And he calls a guy named Moses. Now, we don't have time to go into the whole history of Moses. Just take my word for it. There is a history. This dude has a past. You might be sitting here and you're like, man, that, that's cool for somebody who never made any mistakes and grew up in church for their whole life. No, no, no. Moses made a ton of mistakes. Moses had a checkered past. Moses lived a life that he viewed he thought would disqualify him from ever being used by God. So, so God decides to call Moses in such a ridiculous way. God causes this bush to catch on fire but not be consumed by the fire. In other words, he saw that the bush was on fire, but the bush wasn't being affected by the fire. He's like, what the heck? What is going on? He, he, he doesn't understand. And then all of a sudden he starts to hear the voice of God coming from this bush. It freaked me out, man. I'd be like, what did I eat for lunch? Like something went bad. So Moses is, is, is standing there, and, he, and he's hearing the voice of God, and he's trying to process what's going on. And you would think that if, I, I'm just be honest with you, if I pull up to my driveway when I leave here tonight, and there's a bush on fire in my front yard, and it's not burning, and then the voice of God starts to come out of the bush, I'm going to be like, what? And then if God starts to say, like, hey, I'm going to use you, to, like, impact millions of people. You would think that Moses would just be like, sign me up. That This is awesome. This is what I've been waiting for. But, but Moses is actually responding back to God, back to this bush, in a way where you see that he's just caught leaning on his own understanding. 
leaning on his own past, leaning on what he knows to be true. As God is saying, I want to use you to deliver my people, Moses is just firing back excuses. Moses is like, man, that is crazy. That's awesome. But you, you, you want me to lead these people? I can't even. Moses had a stuttering problem. Moses is saying, how could I be a leader? How could I be somebody that people get behind? I can't even. I can't talk right. I, I have a stuttering problem. I'm not eloquent enough to be used like that. Moses is saying, like, God, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but, like, there's this, this thing where my people don't like me because I was raised as an Egyptian. And, I, and, and then when they found out that I wasn't, this, this, all this stuff happened. God, I don't know if you know this, but I actually murdered a man. I murdered a man. And then I feel like a coward now because I ran. I ran away. So not only do I feel like I couldn't go back there and show my face because I murdered somebody because I feel like a coward, but I don't even know if my own people would accept me. I don't even know if my own people would view me as one of them. How, how could I lead these people if they think that I'm an outsider? Like, I, I, I just don't understand how this is going to happen. You see this picture that Moses is just responding from a place of his understanding of what his life has been to that point, and he's confined to think that it can never be what God wants it to be because of everything he's done and said and, and all the things that he's been through. And you see that God begins to do this work in Moses. You see in Exodus 4, Moses answers the Lord, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. But the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. I love this. This is awesome. I love the fact that Moses' response to God is centered on, but what will they say? Like, God, you don't understand the whole situation. Like, I do. I lived it. What will they say? God's response is you can either live your life in a way worried about what they will say or what you have seen or what you have felt, or you can live your life in a way of this is what I'm saying. God answers what they will say with this is what I say. And how cool is this that God's response to Moses, all right, you're, you're stressed out about all this stuff? Okay, what's in your hand? I could, Moses has a staff in his hand, a walking stick. I can imagine Moses being like, what? Did you know, I don't, maybe, maybe the bush cut out. I was saying that there's like a lot of heavy duty issues that that's happening. Are we getting interference or something? Like what? God just simply says to Moses, well, what's in your hand? And Moses answers, a staff? And so you continue to read. God says, hey, take this staff and throw it on the ground. I can imagine Moses like, what is going on? But he's obedient. He listens to God. Moses throws the staff on the ground. It says that when the staff hit the ground, it became a serpent, became a snake. And then God says, I want you to reach down and grab by the tail. Be totally honest with you, this is where I'd be like, God, that's where I draw the line. I don't do snakes, God. Be like, you could ask me to walk across that lake over there, and I'll do that. I'm not touching a snake. Snakes and spiders I don't play with. But Moses was a better man than me. Moses reaches down, and he grabs the snake by the tail, and as soon as he grabs the snake, it turns back to his staff. But there's that moment where Moses had to choose to be obedient to throw the staff down. And so God continues to tell Moses through a series of other signs, he says, I I'm going to use you. Better yet, I'm going to use this staff, and I'm going to show people my wonders. People are going to see my glory. People are going to see what I'm about to do through you, through what's in your hand. This insignificant stick that you've been holding on to, 
this walking stick that you've been leaning on, that you've been using as a support, that has helped you to to rest your weight on at times and navigate life, I'm going to use that very thing in your hand to show myself in your life. Not only are people going to see my wonders through it, I'm going to teach you to lean into it. If you go on to read this story, you see that this dumb staff is mentioned so many times. You see that God uses it in so many ways. You see in Exodus 7, as, as God is performing these miracles or plagues to show the Egyptians that this is the one true God, you see that in front of all these people, in front of Pharaoh and all of his officials, that God speaks to Moses again, and he says, no one else can hear it, he says to Moses, I want you to take your staff and I want you to smack the water. So Moses, in faith, smacks the water, and as soon as he smacks the water, the whole river turns to blood. There's a sign. We're going to go out of order for a second. If you skip like 10 chapters forward after God's people are freed, they're in the desert, they have no water. In front of all these people, God says to Moses the first time, he says, I want you to go up to that rock, and I want you to smack that rock with that staff. Moses is obedient, smacks the rock, and water comes gushing out to quench everyone's thirst. Now, this may sound insignificant to you, but when you're viewed as the leader, I honestly, I'd be like, people are going to think I'm crazy if I go up to a rock and start beating it with my stick. Like, I don't, what, what, God, well, how come you don't talk to anybody else like this? Like, you're asking me to do some weird stuff, man. But, But God is asking him to use what's in his hand, practically, to lean into it, if, if I say, if I ask you to do something, put your weight behind it and see what I'll do. Smacks the rock and water comes out. Exodus 14, probably one of the most famous instances with this staff. You see this picture after Pharaoh decided to let God's people go, that God's people are leaving and they're rejoicing. And God speaks to Moses and he says, this is an important part of the story, I'm going to take care of the Egyptians. He tells him to lead the people to the Red Sea and encamp right at the, at the edge of the sea. Moses follows instructions, and as he does it, they get word that Pharaoh has changed his mind, that all of their soldiers, chariots, horses, all of these people are coming to annihilate them. People start freaking out. People are panicked. People are like, now, keep in mind, these are the same people that just saw 10 insane miracles from God for their freedom. Now turn on Moses and they're like, either you're not hearing from God and you just let us into a trap or God brought us out here to die. If this is the kind of God that we serve, I would have rather stayed in Egypt and just starved to death or be worked to death than die from a sword. And, and now Moses is caught in between Acting in faith, following what God is asking him to do. These people who he's leading, God's people, are angry at him. And they're saying all of these things. And, and Moses is kind of caught in the middle. But you see what God was doing. God was not abandoning them. God was not trapping them. What God was arranging was the fact that he didn't want them to spend a life running from their past. God wanted to free them from their past. There are times where God will allow your past to come face to face with your present. Because he doesn't want you to spend the rest of your life running from it. He wants you to he wants to free you from it. So he said, I need you to trust me. I need you to be obedient. I need you to lean into it. I'm not doing this to shame you, to embarrass you. I'm not doing this to cause you pain. I'm doing this to bring you freedom. 
I'm doing this because I love you. I'm doing this because I know that this is what you need. And this, this conversation is so cool. As Moses is caught in between being obedient to what God asked him to do, these people being so angry at Moses and doubting if he's ever heard from God, even after all of this stuff, you see this conversation that Moses has with God, and God is just so practical and matter of fact. It's so funny. Exodus 14, as Moses is complaining to God about all this, God says, hey, why, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them, and I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. God is like, hey, why why are you crying to me? Do what I asked you to do. Tell them to go forward. Lift up your staff. And if you just lean into it, if, if you just be obedient, you step out in faith to what I've asked you to do, watch what I'll do. He says, go forward. Pick up your staff. And then God says, and I will take care of the rest. I will free you from the thing that, that is hunting you down. In all of these instances, and I'm not even mentioning all of them, in all of these instances, I hope that you see the common denominator is God is asking Moses to do something before Moses sees the breakthrough. Do you see that? I'm so glad we got three people that see it. I need to go back to the drawing board with this one. God is asking Moses, will you lean into it? Will you be obedient? This is what I want to do. Could you just act on it? And as Moses acts on what he believes to be true, you see God come through every single time. It's one thing to say what you, what you have faith for. It's one thing to say what you believe. It's a whole other thing to act on what you believe. It's a whole other thing to act on the faith that you have for something or someone. You know, Hebrews defines faith as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I want to clear something up for you real quick. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is not doubt. Some people might be like, I, I'm just, I'm too afraid. I must not have enough faith because I'm still fearful. Do you think Moses wasn't afraid in any of these situations? Faith is a choice. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is just accepting what you see. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things that are hoped for beyond what you can see. So by definition, if you just lean on what you know to be true, if you don't believe for something beyond what you can see or beyond what you know, that's the opposite of faith. Faith is a choice to say, I believe that that's going to happen, and I'm going to act on it. I'm not going to let my faith die with words. I'm not going to let my faith just be a lot of friction meeting my reality to the point where I just get so burned out. I'm believing for something that hasn't changed that I give up. No, I'm, I'm going to put my weight into it. I'm going to lean into what I believe God wants to do in my family, in my marriage, in my workplace. That person that I've been praying for, 
that job that I need, that promotion that I really need to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into it. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians that we walk by faith and not by sight. As children of God, we, we don't walk by what we see. We shouldn't be making decisions just based on what we see. We walk by faith. We operate by faith. We live by faith. We make decisions by faith. To say, I believe this is what God has for my family. I believe that this is what God has spoken to me. I believe that this is where the Holy Spirit is leading me. And even if it doesn't make sense in the natural, I'm going to put my weight behind what I believe God is speaking to me. Because I believe in a God who controls the natural. Who isn't overwhelmed by what I can see. See, faith reverses the order. So many times we say, I'll believe it when I see it. Faith says, well, I believe it and I'm going to lean into it so that I'll see it. As, as a son and daughter of God, I'm not ignoring the facts. I'm actually acknowledging the facts and say, yeah, I know that that's there. I know that that looks like it'd be tough to get through, but I also know that I serve a God who can do anything. That my Savior is has the name above every name and above every situation, above every stronghold, above every addiction, above every broken relationship, above everything that's stressing me out and attacking me, above my anxiety and my depression, all of that stuff. I know it's there, but I believe in a God who is bigger than all of it. So I'm not just going to believe what I see. I'm actually going to believe it. I'm going to lean into it, and then I believe I'm going to see it. I want to call the band up as we begin to close tonight. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, you, you will read about Bible character after Bible character, this hall of faith, men and women that didn't live by what they could see but lived by what they believed. Men and women that stepped out in faith, that were obedient to what God was asking them to do, and God did incredible, miraculous things through them. But I want to make sure to draw a distinction tonight before we close. These men and women were, were acting on what they were hearing from God. What this message is not, this message is not this uh, a prosperity message to just say, hey, whatever you want, just believe it's going to happen and it'll happen. What this message is, is to say, I believe that God wants to speak to you. What this message is, is saying, I know you got dreams and, and you have things that you want to have happen in your life. I believe that God's dreams for your life are way bigger than yours. I believe that all the desires in your heart, some of them are there for God, but I believe that the desires that God has for you exceed abundantly above anything that you could come up with on your own. And so I'm not talking about you rubbing your Bible like a lamp and, and giving some requests to a genie to say, this is what I need to happen in my life, and I'm going to believe it, so it's going to happen. We're not talking about wishing to a genie. We're talking about following the voice of God. And I want you to hear tonight, God wants to speak to you. I, I want you to hear tonight that God has seen everything that has happened to you. God has seen the situation. God has seen the relationship. God has seen the hurt. He's seen the pain. He's seen the struggle. He's seen the addiction. He's seen all of it. The thing that you've been leaning on, he is well aware of. But he, what he wants to make you aware of tonight is, I, I want to speak to the situation. Like Moses, you could live by what they will say. Here's what I'm going to say. There will be breakthrough. There will be freedom. There will be provision. There will be restoration. I just need you to take your weight off of what you know 
and I need you to lean, in, lean into what you believe I want to do. Leverage your weight. Leverage your life. God has dreams for you. God has hopes for you. God has plans for you. But, but God dreams require God plans. And the only way you know God plans is by communicating with God. You communicate with God by spending time with God. You communicate with God by pointing your heart and your ear and your soul towards him to say, God, I need you. God, I need to hear you. God, help me to silence everything else. Help me to prioritize your voice in my life. God, I want to hear what you have to say about the situation, the relationship, what you have to say about my reality. You're here tonight, you're like, all right, this is cool. You know, like I said in the beginning, this, this idea of trusting God is not this ethereal, detached idea from what you know to be true. This is actually really practical. Just like God saying, hey, Moses, what's in your hand? A staff? Sweet, we're going to use that. How does that apply to my life? You know, maybe, maybe some of you in here, God has put a dream in your heart that, that you're supposed to be a business owner. You're supposed to be an entrepreneur. Maybe there's people in here that you have this career mind that, that you know it's what you were created to do. And it's so intimidating and it's so scary. And, you know, you've been leaning on the fact that, like, man, I would love to be this business owner. I'd love to step out and do what I feel like I'm supposed to do, do the, what I feel like I'm passionate about. But the cost of living on Long Island, I, I don't know if I could do it. You know, like, to go back to school, I, I, can't, I can't be wasting another four years. I don't know if I could do that. Well, maybe for you, leaning into it means that instead of you coming up with all these excuses and acknowledging what you know to be true, you say, I do believe that God has spoken that to me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to practically start to lean into it. I'm going to start to say, hey, God, I'm going to cut down on my spending. I'm going to stop going out to eat so much. And I'm going I'm to stop doing some of the stuff that I've been doing because I believe that you are positioning me to be a business owner. So I'm going to start preparing for it. Maybe some of you in here, there's, there's a broken relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's something with your kids or a family member or a close friend. And you feel like it is too far gone. There is no way that that relationship is coming back. There's been too much damage. There's been too much hurt. There's been too much history and too much past. Listen, you don't need a burning bush. I'm here to tell you tonight that God wants to restore that relationship. That God wants to redeem that relationship. You say, well, you know, I've... I've I have so much hurt, and I've been praying, like, God, could you do something? Well, how about instead of just praying, God, could you do something? Why don't you start to treat that person differently before they change? Why don't you start to be like, God, I believe you're going to restore that relationship, so I don't need to wait to start to give them patience until they change. I'm just going to start doing it now. I'm going to start treating that person like that stuff didn't happen. I'm going to start to treat that person like you've treated me. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you want a relationship. Maybe you feel like just lost. Like you, you feel like people are passing you by and you're like, God, you know, I want this. But, but you feel like, you know, you, you, you're just stuck in this spot where you're kind of accepting reality and you feel like I'm not getting younger and I feel like there's all these challenges in place. And like, God, I wish that you would send somebody instead of just spending time sulking instead of spending time getting more discouraged by acknowledging the facts. You can acknowledge the facts, but, but why don't you spend the time saying, you know what? I do believe God's going to send somebody. I'm not giving up hope. I believe that God want, has a godly wife for me. 
I believe that God has a godly husband for me. So instead of me wasting time, instead of me concentrating on everybody else who's married, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get myself out of debt. I'm going to further my education. I'm going to start to do stuff because I believe that God is going to send that person. And when God sends that person, I'm going to be ready because I prepped for it. Because I leaned into it. Because I believe, God, this is, this is a desire that you've put in my heart. And, I, and I'm going to believe it to be true. I'm going to lean into it with everything that I have. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, man, I, I, I've worked hard and, and I'm just struggling financially. And I've been asking God, God, I need more provision. I need something to happen. I need, I need this promotion at work. I hope I don't get passed over. I hope my boss notices me. What if you were like, you know what? Even if my boss doesn't see my work yet, God sees my work. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to up my work ethic before I get paid for it. I'm going to go to work every day, and I'm going to be like, I'm going to go above and beyond. Because I believe that God sees. I believe that God knows. And so I'm going to begin to lean into it. I'm going to start making some practical changes. I'm going to take some practical steps to say, God, I know what's facing me, but I know who you are, and I know what you said. And so I'm not going to put my weight on what I know. I'm going to put my weight behind you behind what I believe. I want to ask you to stand tonight as we begin to close out and we just spend a couple minutes reflecting on what God has been speaking tonight. Let me just encourage you with this. The reality is this. There's always something we can do. You could have some pretty valid excuses, okay? You could have some pretty legit reasons. There's still something in your hand. There's still something you could do. I believe that that God wants to speak to you tonight and point out to you how you can lean into it. I want to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads real quick. I want want to just give you a moment to reflect personally. I want you to think of an area or some areas in your life where you say, I need a move of God. I need God to show up. I need God to do something. I've tried. It hasn't worked. I've lost faith. I've gotten frustrated. Maybe I've gotten burned down. I need God to show up, and I need God to move. Now, I want you to take that thing or that person or that situation, and I want you now to ask the Holy Spirit, how can I lean into it? God, show me what's in my hand. God, show me practically what can I do to put my weight behind what I believe you're going to do. God, I'm tired of resting on what I can see and what I know to be true. God, show me how to lean into it. Help me to have a faith of action and not just words. I want to ask you one more question. Sometimes I can fall into a trap of of planning my life out in a way where I don't really need God to show up in any area. I pretty much got it all covered and under control. Can I tell you something? I am not walking in the walk that I'm supposed to when everything's under my control. If I'm not living in a way where I need God to show up in some areas, then I'm living short of my calling. Some of us, we get frustrated. Man, I'm not feeling God right now in this season I'm not feeling him close. 
Maybe I'm not feeling him close because I'm not living in a way where I need him to show up. Because I'm not stepping out in faith enough. Because I haven't been leaning into anything. I want you to ask God, if you're here tonight and that's you, God, what areas of my life do I need to step out in faith? What areas of my life do I need to believe for more and believe for bigger and believe for greater? God, what do you desire to do in my life? If you're here and you can relate to any of those things, man, I want to invite you to lift your hands. I just want to pray for you, myself included, as we close out here today. I I believe that in these next couple minutes as we sing that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. I believe that if you honestly ask, God, show me what's in my hand, he will show you. Come on, if you're here tonight, let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you so much for what you've done. God, we thank you that you sent your son to die for us, but you didn't stop there. You gave us your Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into everything. Lord, I thank you that your word promises that if I don't just stop short and just accept what I see, you are willing to help me in every decision, in every moment, at every crossroads. God, I thank you that you are concerned with every part of my life. God, I pray, Lord, for the areas where I have just been leaning on my weight on what I know. God, I pray that you would show me what I can do that you would show me how I can leverage my life to believe for more, to believe for greater, to believe for bigger. God, I pray that you would give me strength to to trust your word, God, to, to put all of my weight behind you, to not be afraid, to take a step of faith, to take a leap of faith, to say, I believe that there will be breakthrough. I believe that there will be provision. I believe that there will be restoration in this relationship. Jesus, we come before you right now with hearts open, God, we ask that you would speak to us tonight. God, we are here. We are your servants. We are your children. We need you tonight. Come on, if that's you, begin to sing this out. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.